Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode number 65. I'm your host, Derek Moore, and today I'm going to be talking about did oil, crude oil, really go negative? In other words, could you actually have been paid money, been paid money to take a barrel of oil? Uh, seems like a no-brainer, right? Well, not so fast, and we'll co- sort of explain why or why not. But the big news, uh, you know, last week was one of the days. So, and I'll explain how these contracts works and things like that. But on April twentieth, crude oil, and this is the West, West Texas Intermediate or the WTI, actually settled for the day at negative thirty-seven dollars and sixty-three cents a barrel. Whoa. How is it even possible? Getting paid to take something. Why wouldn't somebody just take it? And you know the price of oil at some point theoretically should go up. So that happened. And, you know, I see a lot of stuff in the news. I see a lot of stuff on TV and people, you know, just talking online. In fact, I heard from a few people asking me, hey, should I buy this? uh, Should I buy some of this oil or maybe the, the USO, which is a uh, exchange traded product. So first of all, what you were hearing about is what's called the West Texas Intermediate Contract uh, or WTI. And so D- WTI is a little bit different than uh, what's called Brent. And so West Texas Intermediate, it's uh, it's basically, um, you know, Brent is more the North Sea and that's, you know, Norway and things like that. And also OPEC bases their, their oil on the price of uh, uh, Brent crude. West Texas Intermediate is more from oil fields in you know, Texas, Louisiana, North Dakota, more landlocked uh, type of deal. But it's, you know, it's similar, and sometimes the, the spread between one or the other gets, gets out of whack or widens or narrows, but essentially that's what you're looking at. And we talk about this idea of uh, futures contracts. So if you, if you take a look at futures contracts, there's always something called the near month or the, or the front month. The front month is the one, if you watch CNBC, that's the one that they quote. So even though oil went negative for the front month, which was the May contract, which actually expired, I believe it expired the 21st or 22nd of April. So it didn't actually trade into May. That's the one that you saw. That's the one that went negative. The back months or future months uh, did not go negative, although certainly oil is is down. So to kind of paint the picture, and then I'll I'll start to get into how is it that somebody would pay somebody in theory to take barrels of oil off their hands? I'll explain that. Um, and then what, what kind of is going on there? Well, you know, commodities are are really a good example of supply and demand, and. People buy and sell commodities for any number of reasons. They can speculate on the price. But you also have people who say, look, I'm going to need this product in X amount of months. I'll buy a futures contract in that month, and then I'll take delivery of it. Or I'm a seller. So if you're a farmer and you're farming wheat, you might say, I think my wheat harvest is going to be ready next November. uh, So I'm going to go ahead and sell that contract now because I like the price. And then come November, I'll just deliver that contract. So if we look at uh, crude oil, the West Texas Intermediate, WTI, right now, the June contract is trading uh, $17.18. 
but if you look at the July contract, it's $21.35. You go out to all the way out to January of 2021, and that's $29.49. So what does that mean? Well, if you were to, let's say, buy this front month contract um, and then delivery so that it's a June contract, but it actually stops trading in May. Um, and so let's say you bought this contract. What does that mean? It means that you're essentially buying one contract is equal to a thousand barrels of oil. So one contract is equal to a thousand barrels of oil. And let's say you buy that at $17 and 18 cents. Not going to get into you know, how futures trade and the margin, you don't actually have to put up all the money for that. And by the way, don't start trading futures if you if you don't know anything about it. Uh, I've gotten some text and some emails. And if you don't know what you're doing there, probably not a good idea. But you buy this contract and that gives you the right uh, at the end of the contract to take physical delivery of 1,000 barrels of oil if you're the buyer of it. If you're the seller of contract, uh, basically, you've agreed to deliver to deliver the oil, a thousand barrels of oil, uh, at the end of that that contract. And again, the June contract will stop trading sometime in May. So, basically, when you use a futures contract, you're you're sort of locking in the price you'll pay, or you're locking in the price that you'll sell. And if you're a commercial operation, you might use this. Uh, you know, because you like the price and you're like, oh, I'll be able to deliver at that. You also could use this to hedge. So, for example, airlines, although they're not necessarily pumping, you know, light, sweet crude into their tanks, it gets refined into to jet fuel. Uh, the price of jet fuel does have a high correlation to the price of oil. So you could have people who hedge, meaning uh, they might buy futures contracts to hedge against the price of oil going up and thus affecting the jet fuel and you also have people who just speculate on the price. They say, look, I think oil is going to go down or it's going to go up. So I'll either short the contract or buy the contract. And I want to try and make money on buying or selling the contracts. And that's an important point because you don't necessarily have to take physical delivery. You don't actually have to deliver. So as long as you can sell or as long as you sell the contract uh, prior to the contract stop trading, you don't have to deliver nor do you have to take delivery. All right. Of course, there's also options on futures, but so we look at oil, and and typically what happens is prices are in what's called con contango, and that's just a fancy way for saying that the price on the front month is usually a little bit less than the next month, a little bit less than the next month, and so on and so forth. And part of that is uh, it takes into account sort of the the storage cost, it also could take into market factors like, you know, you, you think oil is depressed now, but you think demand will rebound at some point. When um, it flips and when you see the front month or the near month uh, price be higher than the back months, that's called backwardation. And that's another phenomenon. And that actually, uh, I'm going to write myself a note because uh, a lot of people are asking me about USO, which is an exchange traded product. I'll sort of explain what they do, what they hold. They're actually holding, holding uh, front month futures and then rolling them at some point to the back months. But um, that's it's either in contango or it's in backwardation. And so if you buy this contract and if uh, you take physical delivery, one contract is equal to 1,000 barrels of oil. 
And I remember a number of years ago, I had to take my series three, that's the commodities exam. And one of the things I learned was the size of a contract, and I assume this is still the case, but the size of one contract for a commodity was basically as much stuff that you could fit into a rail car. So if you're buying bushels of wheat, uh, whatever the orange, uh, frozen orange juice concentrate, you're buying sugar, you're buying coffee, you're buying barrels of oil. Uh, the size of the contract is based upon the how much you can fit in a rail car. So one of these contracts, of WTI, is equal to a thousand barrels. And so if it's trading at, you know, seventeen dollars, and in theory, when you take delivery, you'll pay seventeen thousand dollars for these these barrels of oil. All right. So. Um, and so, by the way, when price goes negative, that also implies, you know, if it's negative $30, it means in theory, you're paid $30,000 uh, to take delivery of this. Now, now again, the key there is um, if you bought it at 17 and then it goes to negative 30, well, you agree to pay 17, right? So it's what you buy it at. So one of the reasons why I talk about the the size of these contracts is that I got texts from people and I got... Uh, you know, some, some notes for people. And it's always interesting when something crazy happens with commodities. Uh, people have never traded commodities. Like, hey, why can I just buy a barrel and like store it in my garage? Um, there's actually a funny article. I'll link to it in the show notes from Bloomberg. I think it was Tracy Alloway or somebody else. But she had posted it on Twitter. And the funny article was, remember that time we actually tried uh, to buy an actual barrel of oil? And, you know, one of the things you have to understand is um, you can't just take barrels of oil. Number one is if you own a contract, you're taking a thousand barrels of oil. And just think about the size of a rail car. Like that's how much oil. Uh, but the thing is you can't, you can't just store that anywhere. Uh, there's environmental laws. There's, um, you know, if, and if, if you look at that article, one of the things you realize is that um, holding the, uh, the oil um, it could actually be very harmful. It could seep odors or different things. Uh, if you inhale ethyl alcohol vapors, uh, it, it causes one thing. If you inhale hydrogen sulfide, um, you could actually be killed. So the point of bringing this up is you can't just take this stuff and, and put it in your garage. So typically what happens is if you were to take physical delivery of oil, and I don't pretend to know everything about this market, uh, but generally the idea is Cushing, Oklahoma, is they have a, a huge storage facility. And so let's say you were going to take physical delivery of this oil, uh, you would actually pay to store it in this facility in Oklahoma. And I, I guess there's different prices, like if it's accessible to a rail car, if it's accessible to a boat, there's different prices. Again, I don't pretend to know about that market, but it costs you something to actually store it. And one of the things, there's an article uh, uh, recently that basically about 76, they're 76% full at that storage facility. And the other part, what the article was saying is that even though it's not fully leased, a lot of that has already been agreed upon to be leased. So right now there's ships uh, on their way to the U.S. filled with oil and they may have to, uh, you know, to store it there. And so... You know, taking physical delivery of oil is you've got, you know, safety, environmental. You can't just store it anywhere. There's sort of strict rules on it. And then, 
you know, by the way, if you're just some random person who's going to take oil and store it, like, what do you even know about getting rid of it? Like, who do you sell it to and things like that? So um, that's part of why a lot of people, I think there were a lot of Google searches said, can I buy a, a barrel of oil? I'll link to that article. I think you'll find it interesting. Um, but anyway, so what happened in the oil market? Well, as we know, there's not much demand. Not a lot of people are driving. There's the whole stay-at-home order right now. So we've had a little bit of a demand shock. And uh, apparently, there's not a lot of place to store it, not a lot of appetite for it right now. And so uh, back on April 20th, um, you actually had what – that was a Monday. Uh, the near-month WTI contract closed at $18.27. And then the next day, it closed at negative $37.63. And we don't know exactly all that came out of that, um, who that was and things like that. Um, the USO, I saw some, some reporting. And actually, I, from my perspective, it was incorrect. So USO is an exchange-traded product. And what they do is they'll hold uh, the near-term, at least it was designed to hold the near-month futures, and then at some point, they actually roll out of those. So, for example, they own the maze. And then in their normal course of operation, uh, well before, uh, you know, the, the last day of trading, they actually start to move out of those. For example, the June contract, they'll start to move out of them. I think I saw May 5th. So they, uh, they own, let's say, the maze, and then they go and they roll. Um, and so with an oil contract, you could, you could buy it, you could sell it. Uh, and you either have a, a profit or a loss there. You could take physical delivery, uh, or you could do what's called a roll. And a roll is just as uh, kind of a simultaneous where you you sell the front month and then buy at the same time the back month. And a lot of people pointed to USO as being the reason why all this selling pressure came in and oil went negative. As far as you can tell, that actually wasn't the case because they were out of their May contracts prior to uh, – April 20th. Um, and in fact, they have actually, instead of just going to June, I think they have 20 or 25% now in July, which is different than, than they've been doing. Um, and then the, I think May 5th, somewhere around there is when they start to, to roll forward. But um, And a lot of people ask too, is USO, is that a good vehicle um, if you want to sort of speculate on, on the price of oil going back up? Here's the thing. It's... Um, you know, there's more to the product. It doesn't just track one for one, like whatever the price of oil is. Essentially, what's that that's looking to track is you're holding the near month contract, and at some point you've got to go and roll to the uh, the next month's contract. And they may change. You know, do they go out one or two contracts now? It looks like they're going to go out some one, some two. But one of the things that you look at there is um, the contango has been a little more. Uh, extreme, meaning the price between the front months and the back months is wider. So if you're perpetually you know, selling the front month and then paying more for the back month, you've got this erosion. Um, and so it's not a product that I, uh, I've used. And uh, so I, I, I want to caution people, you know, if you're going to do something like that, you really want to understand what it is they're holding. Uh, but I just wanted to make the point, I, as far as I can tell, it was not USO that was selling a lot of that uh, those contracts. It is worth noting too, the next day it closed at 10. Uh, and I think it, um, it kind of went back up. So anyway, so part of the thing too, is this idea of, 
why is it that you could actually be paid to take a, a barrel of oil? Like that doesn't make sense. But here's the thing, and I'm going to give an example. It's kind of a re- silly, ridiculous example. But imagine that you bought a couch, um, you bought a futures contract for one couch uh, in June of, you know, Ikea couch. And so imagine this, you're like, hey, um, I think I'll, uh, you know, maybe you're traveling and you plan to move into a new apartment. And you're like, I I really like this couch. I'm going to take delivery of this couch. So I'm not going to try and, I don't think the, my intention is not to buy a contract uh, at 100, which means I'm paying 100 and I'll take delivery in June. Um, my, my intention is not to buy and sell the contract because I think the, the price of a couch is going to go up. But of course, if you're a speculator, that's what you might do. You might say, oh, I think the price is going to go up. So I'll, I'll buy the contract. I never want to take physical delivery. I'll just sell the contract if it goes higher. Or if I want to bet against it, I think, hey, I think the price of a couch is too high. It's going to go lower. I can short the contract and then buy it back cheaper, much like you would short a stock. But let's imagine that you, uh, you pick this couch out. It's one of those uh, uh, Sweden, right? Ikea's in Sweden. Yeah, so a uh, nice-looking Swedish couch. You buy the, the one contract, and the deliverable is one couch. Of course, remember, it's a 1,000 barrels of oil, but for our purposes, you know, keep it clean here uh, with just one couch. And let's say that uh, it comes to June, and you, you're stuck on the road, and you haven't gone into an apartment. Um, but if, if you don't sell this contract into the market, it, it's going to require you to take physical, physical delivery. And so all of a sudden you're like, well, all right, well, I, I guess I can store it, but you know, you're, you call around and your friends won't take it. Uh, you don't actually have an apartment. You, you were supposed to be living in the apartment, right? But it's not ready yet. So you're on a business trip and you've got this, this couch that's going to come. Well, um, the couch is going to come and wh- where do you store it? So then you call around, you, you find out, well, there's a storage unit and the storage unit's a small one. Great. That sounds good, but it's, it's 50 bucks a month. And so now you got to take delivery of this couch. You pay 100 for it, and then you have to pay 50 bucks a month. And you know maybe you're, it's going to take a couple months to get into the apartment before you can get it. Well, you're actually losing a lot of money there. And so maybe at some point you're like, you know, it's just going to cost me. It cost me 50 bucks a month, and you know I'd be better off just dumping this couch or whatever I can to avoid having to store it and pay because in the long run, that will be more expensive. And that's a li- hopefully that makes sense. Uh, but it's like, um, that's sort of why in theory, someone's like, oh, I have, I have to take physical delivery of this, uh, this oil. If I don't sell or roll the contract, um, and maybe, you know, they didn't have enough money to roll it because of the pricing difference. But if I don't sell out of this contract, like I just got to sell it because I can't take delivery of these thousand barrels of oil then I got to go find storage. Maybe there's no storage. And unlike a couch, which, which you can put in a, a friend's garage, you can't put barrels of oil, much less a thousand barrels of oil in somebody's garage. And so you can sort of quickly see how there could be some, some pricing dislocation there. And, you know, exactly who it was and was it a hedge fund or was it somebody else? I mean, I think that those types of details at some point will, will come out. Somebody will do a, a postmortem on this. Uh, but it's the whole idea of of taking that physical delivery, and in the IKEA couch example, of course, it's silly. Um, well, imagine that one contract. By the way, is a thousand couches. You're like, well, what, what am I going to do with a thousand couches? So you sort of start to see the uh, the idea with that. So 
when we think about uh, oil or any commodity, uh, remember that in the end, it's, it's about supply and demand. And if you have people that absolutely can't take delivery, what are they going to do? Well, they got to roll forward, uh, which might require more money because there's a difference between what you're, you're selling the front contract for and what you're buying the back contract. Uh, but also, you do not want to take delivery. Can't do it. Um, no place to store it. Pay too much. Something like oil, you've got all sorts of regulations. And then how the heck do you, do you sell it? Um, by the way, you know, and that's if, if you bought something, let's say, uh, imagine if you were buying, you know, rubber futures, which trade on the Japanese um, commodities exchange, and those are coming in from, oh, I don't know, Indonesia or something like that. You know, you've got to hire space on, on a tanker and have your, you know, they take, I don't know how they, it's rubber trees and they take whatever the commodity is. Anyway, you kind of get the idea. So I know it sounds crazy, like in theory, wow, I could be paid to, to take delivery of barrels of oil. But hopefully you see it's it's a lot more involved than that, but it is a great example of supply and demand. It's a great example of showing what a, a demand shock. And then you've got all this product that you've got to store someplace and you can't just store it anywhere. So I'll link to the, in the show notes, the Bloomberg article. It's, it's kind of funny. And it's, uh, they say the time they actually tried to buy a, a barrel of oil and realized it was actually quite dangerous to store. Uh, more dangerous than I even thought. Um, I'll also link to a page which shows the current uh, futures chain, which means you know the different months that you can look at the the futures price and uh, you know things like that. So hopefully this was instructive, and I've gotten a lot of questions on it. And you know I don't pretend to know everything there is to know, uh, or much to know about storing physical oil, uh, but I do know that uh, if there's no space and it's a product that that requires some special handling. Um, and by the way, the size of the contract, as you can see, you don't just buy a barrel of oil. Um, in this case, one contract is a thousand barrels of oil. Um, so good luck storing that somewhere. Anyway, uh, we'll be back next week. As always, I mean, please, uh, instead of wasting time rating, reviewing, starring, go ahead and share this with somebody that you know, someone that might be, you know, enjoy it. Um, and keep the, uh, the feedback and the questions coming. You can go to razorwealth.com use the contact me site and uh, a lot of suggestions. I got some suggestions this week to do an episode on how it is or, or why somebody wouldn't want to take a physical barrel of oil be paid. Uh, Cause remember in theory, when it went to, you know, minus 20 bucks in theory, you could be paid $20,000 if you, and again, if you bought, if you bought it when it was plus 30, it doesn't mean you get it at minus 30, right? Um, if you actually went on there and bought the contract, um, but it was only there for a little bit. All right, folks, we'll call it good for now. We'll be back next week. And uh, please share this with someone you know. Talk to you soon.